0: a b c a always b b c closing always be closing
1: hey what's up everybody it's uh scare money don't make money changing things up a little bit uh normally we do um record and uh then submit it but you know we thought honestly going live was probably a better option so uh today we have a very uh, awesome guest uh i'm gonna let him introduce himself in a second as you're as you know, it's your boy Cam and your boy. As always, your boy Roy is here.
2: <laughs> we, I am here as always. Just tired, but I'm here. So. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Roy's currently at training right now. So he's, yeah,
2: yeah.
0: you know what? We don't stop. The hotel rooms no, it don't, don't, don't
2: matter. Stop. Don't don't matter. We're gonna get it going. So what's going uh, on? Yeah. How you doing, Charlie? Yeah.
0: Doing all right, man. How's it? Hear me okay?
1: Yep, yep, perfectly. So, if you don't, if you don't mind, Shally, if you want to introduce yourself, um, tell our audience who you are, and then we'll get into it.
0: Okay, sure. So, my name is Shally Steckel. I've been in the business of recruiting for uh, wow, t- too long that I, I don't really <laughs> know if I want to admit that live on. Right now. But, um, let's just say a quarter century. How's that?
1: <laughs>
0: you are a beast. Let's oh, stick to that. That sounds good. That sounds good to me. Uh, you know, I got the gray hairs to prove it right there. Uh, season is mean, called seasoning. That's seasoning. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. It's the it, it it's it, the grays are coming out. So um, let's see. And I've been I've been on the side of the business where um, my main focus is to identify talent. So uh, a big part of my job is to find the right people for the job, find hidden talent, find people that are not easily found, and get them into the recruiting process. And then my colleagues in the rest of the organization sort of take that through. So essentially, a way to look at it is, I build the pipeline and I fill the pipeline, but then the recruiters work the pipeline.
1: Gotcha. So, and and um, what's and can you explain to them what your organization is called?
0: Um, well, that's I got I got two businesses. One is both? my, my for profit, and then I've got a, a nonprofit. The nonprofit is the Sourcing Institute Foundation. We're going to probably be renaming it, but sourcingfoundation.org right now is the website. And there we focus on providing grants and scholarships for people coming out of the military service and military spouses to help them become corporate recruiters. So essentially we provide them um, you know, the, the means possible and training, education to get them into a civilian job as uh, a corporate recruiter. And then uh, ho- hopefully we also work with them to get them jobs. So we're pretty successful with that. Can't make any guarantees, but we do have a lot of connections through our business that allow us to um, make introductions. So we've been pretty successful with getting people uh, jobs after, you know, after military in, um, in a corporate setting. Most of them are with, with major employers, sometimes with startups, but not with agencies or staffing firms. And I make that distinction because those are very different jobs. Correct.
1: Yes. And so, um, so how did you, so can you first explain to a lot of our viewers, they don't know what necessarily sourcing is, you know, as, as Roy and I talk about in the military, you know, um, to us, it's just called research. Hey, do yeah. research, just find some people. So, right. but I know in the civilian sector, there are certain, you know, names of things that are more familiar to the civilian sector. So could you kind of talk about sourcing and your, and, you know, and, and as far as your experience? Sure. Yeah, so research is a pretty
0: good way to describe it. I mean, it essentially is the the first part of the process, right? Identification. Yeah. So, where are they? What do they look like? What companies do they work at? What job titles do they have? Yeah. Um, you know, for you guys, it, it may have been a little bit more targeted because you go specifically to schools, high schools, colleges. You know, you've got a more uh, a more defined marketplace. But even even outside of that, I mean, you know, what if you get a what if you get a requirement for someone that's a native speaker in Urdu and has naturalized citizenship? You know, yeah. what do you do then? You're not gonna you're not gonna go digging around in high school. <laughs> right? um, what if you get recruitment, you know, recruitment requirements for clergy that have to have experience or um, judge advocate that have to have experience? So there's always there's always that skill set that you've gotta go and hunt down. It's the same thing in the corporate world, yeah. you know, 70, 80% of our jobs we can fill through advertising, posting people applying, coming to us by referrals, et cetera, which is a lot of the same way, um, you know, uh, military recruiters get referrals and and advertising and walk-ins. Right. Mm -hmm. But then there's that other small percentage, whether it's 10, 15, 20% that we need to go and figure out where these people are. So identifying the landscape, identifying what the talent looks like and how to approach them, which is another part of it is, you know, the, the outreach. So, um, a big difference and a big advantage that you guys have, and, and, I, and I speak with authority only because my best friend growing up, ever since we were eight years old, George and I, my best friend was a uh, military recruiter and retired mm. from the military. In fact, he was in the Navy and also um, in the Army and then Army <laughs> National Reserves. Yeah, and then he um, went back in full time recruiter for many, many, many years. So he and I share war stories about. Hey, what's it like on your side? Oh, I've <laughs> so been for like eight years, and um, over the years, I've hired probably about seven or eight military recruiters mm-hmm. into into my teams. So you know, I never sat where you sit, but I'm yeah. familiar. With, I'm, I'm I'm friendly, right? With it, no, yeah, 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 yeah. So um, yes, yeah, so a big part of it is is initiating contact, right? Yeah. Um, You guys are a lot more assertive in your outreach. You can message someone five, six, seven times. You call, you text, you email. Corporate recruiters tend to just only contact somebody once. So they'll send an email and then that's it, right? And I come in and go, hey, no, no, no. You got to try five times. You got to try six times. You got to text them. And that's different for them. So I I teach corporate recruiters how to do that, which is second nature to you guys. Um, And then – you know, it's, it's a matter of getting them on the phone and, and seeing if they're interested qualification, right? Are you, yeah. are you interested? Are you qualified? Can you, can you do the minimum? Then I put them into the process and the recruiter takes over from there. So really it does equate to research, essentially the same way that you describe it.
1: Gotcha. And that's funny. Yeah. Cause that's exactly the same thing we talked about with, um, we talked about, the, was it, was it Ben? We were you talking about the follow-up, the follow-up is so follow-up. key and, and that's where, i guess you would say yeah As military recruiters we really are like bred into us because it's like oh i messaged this person and they say well did you follow up no well, yeah right. yeah. We do that
0: would you follow right. it again yeah. did you call Did you go to their house did, did you, you bring get, him yeah. a sandwich right. did you go pick him up
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah so i mean like so like i mean like so there are like a lot of different ways of following up like so do you do like the normal traditional follow-up like email, text, or like how, how in-depth do you go with your follow-ups?
0: Well, so I've got a pretty pretty formulaic cadence that I built in. Um, okay. I'll send a, an email first mm-hmm. because email is usually faster, right? So let's say I got 100 prospects. I'm going right. to be able to hit 100 people yeah. all at once instead of having to, you know, make 100 calls. So okay. I'll hit that list with 100 and maybe 20 or 30 of them reply back. That means I only got 70 that I need to follow up with. And that 70, I'll send text messages to, which is again, pretty quick. Yeah. I get another 10 responses. Now I only got 60. Then those 60 get a call. So I do you know email, text, call. And by then I probably am down to maybe 50. And I start over the cycle again. Now for some of them, I might have Facebook or Twitter accounts or mm-hmm. Pinterest or Instagram or Snapchat or WeChat or WhatsApp or whatever. Can't do some of those now because of yeah. the. Uh, <laughs> Certain regulations, but, but uh, Facebook and Twitter, for example. So I'll include that as my next cycle instead of maybe texting, I'll send on Facebook. Oh, so then I'll do that evolution and um, it's, you know, 24, 24, 24, 48,
1: 48. So 24 hours, 24 hours. Yeah.
0: Right. Gotcha. Basically wait a day, wait a day, wait a day, wait two days, wait two days, which usually extends into the second week.
1: Oh, ah. ah. see, that's, and, yeah, that's, yeah, that's interesting. Cause you just said that you get like a 30% callback or email
0: back. 20 to 30 is, is good. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our the text messages, you know, you get a little, a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people don't respond cause they're not around and that happens. Right. You know, they're yeah. on vacation, yeah. they're traveling. Yeah. So that's why I wait, you know, the, for the next week. But all in all, I'm shooting to get about 50 to 60 percent response rate all in before I start thinking about abandoning that lead.
1: For sure and that was something I think when I came into so I when I came into recruiting, Roy had been there for a little bit longer than I have and uh, I came in at a really good time like Air Force recruiting realized like ooh if we get iPhones it may, you know stuff like that. So I walked in the door with a lot I would say a lot more technology than right. um, a lot of recruiters back then and that was a big thing I did. I just started texting people. They're like, well, did you call him? And I'm like, no. And they're like, why not? And I'm like, text mean, be- if, if you look at the statistics, like, yeah. and I'm I don't know if you remember, I used to tell our flight chief all that time, Roy, he'd be like, Well, you didn't call him. I'm like, statistically, they're not gonna answer my phone call, but they will answer my text message. Yep. And mm-hmm. only now I think has the military probably really started to understand that, which has which has given a lot of recruiters a lot more leeway in, in contact. I don't know. I mean, Roy's a uh He's actually a manager of a recruiting team. So what do you think as far as the text message is concerned? Right. Can, you hear? can you hear me? I'm not sure if you I am can, can hear. hear you. Oh, okay. I can hear you now. Oh, okay, there you go. <laughs>
0: yeah, so, uh, you know, I'll tell you, Roy probably used to get paper lists back in the day. Yes. Yeah. So you know, there wasn't even a CRM or anything like that, that, that he put things into. So texting would be like, you grab your phone and you got to push one of the, you know, that's pretty tedious. Nowadays, we got apps where we can actually upload the list and we can send out text messages. So it's a little bit easier, but yeah, it's, it, to me, what I find is there's a, a certain inherent psychology. Okay. If, um, and, and I like to test everything out on myself first. Yeah. I think about, is this going to work for me? Is this going to work for my friends? Is it going to work for my colleagues before I really commit to something? And when it comes to texting, here's the way I figured it, it would happen. If you call me and your number is not in my contacts, you just come up as a phone number. It doesn't yeah. show your name or anything like that. Think about it for yourself. How many times you pick up the phone with just a number and you got no name? Yeah. You, don't. you just don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> you, just, it's, you, you let it go to voicemail because you don't know who that person is. Unless you're expecting a call or, you know, you have an idea. But so that's when I thought, well, what if I kind of, what if I have a caller ID? There's no caller ID on cell phones unless you buy software for it. But if I send you a text message first and yeah. in the text message, I give you my name. Then when I call you and you see the number come up, that number already has a name associated through the text message. And, and with the iPhones now, it actually sends your contact card and your picture. So when I Correct. call the photo comes through, especially if you're broadcasting it. Yeah. So now you're not an alien or uh, you know, an unknown object. You are now someone that's in their phone. So you exactly. have a higher propensity to, to actually pick up the phone this time around because you texted them. It's the same thing used to be the case with emails. I would email first. That way yeah. when I call, I would reference the email. Hey, uh, Sean, I emailed you yesterday. I wanted to see if you, were, you, know, you, you had a chance to look at my message. Sometimes they look at their emails, sometimes they don't, and then they call me back. Yeah. Sometimes they call me back because I said I emailed them, even if they never read the email. <laughs>
1: oh, I end up yeah. having
0: conversations with people who are like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't read the email. I, I, know, <laughs> <laughs> I know I didn't, the they didn't even get it. It went to spam or something. So, I know that my, uh, yeah. my, my old boss,
1: he used to tell us to send an email and um, say that there is an attachment, but don't put the attachment. Because then somebody's like, Well, wait, wait, wait a minute, we're like where's What's this, the attachment? Where's the attachment at? So then they email you back, right. like, hey, I didn't get the attachment. You're like, Oh, well, since we're gonna talk anyways, ah, like, <laughs> that's
0: smart. That's I should try that. You know I'm gonna try. here, attach is your offer letter. Please reply back that you accept. Exactly. No. <laughs> exactly. It and, and worked. I, I. They were the like, "Well, what's the offer? I can't see the attachment." <laughs> oh, sorry, that was a mistake. But since I have you on the phone, <laughs>
1: my bad. My bad. Oh, I like <laughs> it. I remember the first time it worked. I had to walk in his office, and I was like, "Okay, that worked." Because I was like, "There's no way," but it made it made sense though when you think about it. Because curiosity. Yes.
2: Like okay, so I got a question now that I'm back on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So what, I'm not, I'm not, I don't like to say tactics, but like what methods um, you used back when you first started, do you think are still su- still successful in utilization today? Because um, like we always talk about like snail mail and things of that nature. Yeah. Mm. So like what, what things have you seen still work at, no matter how archaic it is, like still work today?
0: Yeah mixing it up with the messaging still works right whether it used to be phone then email now it's email then phone or text then phone you know but mixing it up always works because there's a there's a psychological process that happens there too which is if you if you call someone and you text them or you email them and you call them or you mix it up you're not a spammer you're not a, a telemarketer because spammers only email you once right mm. telemarketers only call you they don't email you um, so when you have multiple contacts or points of contact for someone, they get the message, even if it's subliminal, that this is legit. Like you're not, you can't yeah. possibly be, um, you know, some kind of spam or whatever. So that definitely works. You mentioned postcards. There are some professions today where that still works, particularly where people are on their feet a lot. For example, in healthcare, nurses, uh, PTs, RNs, uh, OTs. Uh, a lot of those therapists, because they may have a phone with them all day long, but they really aren't on the phone for much True. more than just a quick text message here and there. But you can obtain the lists of licensing and certification from um, the appropriate agencies, and you can yeah. send them all postcards for $0.17 cents a copy. Yep. And that is you, you can go online, totally customize the postcard, say whatever you want, put some nice images on there, and send it all out You know, in one day, and they all get it kind of like a mass email. So that still works in some professions, but only those where, where you can obtain those lists. If uh, you're talking to people that are not, they don't have a licensure database, then that won't work. The other technique that still works, believe it or not, is just searching people up on Google. I mean, Google was around maybe not 25 years ago, but 20 years ago. <laughs> um, so, you know, from the very beginning, I was always, always going to just go out there and, and, and try to do some, some recon on search engines and see what's going on with um, company names, with job titles and mix yeah. it up a little bit and see if I can get some you know, additional details. Uh, you might put someone's name in and company name, like their name and where they work and you get a page that's got their email address, boom, you're done, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or it's got their page with a uh, call me or even their resume. So that still works today, but very few people do it because they're, they're lazy and they're used to doing just LinkedIn. They go on LinkedIn and they think everything's on LinkedIn. Well, no, not exactly.
1: It's not, it's so, not. I've been no, learning no, that, like, no, as no, I've no, been no. doing it. So, Jay, so Jason Scott had a question. You kind, of, you pretty much answered it. I, I, think I know kind of what your answer might be, just because I've heavily involved myself in the sourcing, um, the world, Facebook, and things like that. But you know, his question was, where can I find information on how to like start sourcing for talent? And I'm guessing he's talking about maybe the is it the bullying bullying method and things like that um, that really is an art, I guess you would say.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, if you're, um, if you're former military, then you would be, you qualify for scholarship with the Sourcing Institute Foundation. So that would be a good place to start because we can hook you up with official you know, training and, and get you an online uh, curriculum. Um, other than that, there's, there's a lot of information out there. The problem with most of the people in corporate that do blogs and, and write about it is they're typically doing it for self-promotion for the purposes of making themselves look good so they can get a better job. Gotcha. A lot of them go out there and they talk the talk and then they get another <laughs> job. You don't hear from them for you know, three years until it's time for, guess what, another job. Yeah. They're writing articles and posting and speaking at conferences. They get another job and then they disappear for three years. So sometimes that's kind of like, a, it's a gimmick, right? You gotta mm-hmm. take a look. If you're, gonna, if you're gonna learn from somebody online like me, Check out their history, right? Have they been constantly mm-hmm. out there sharing, and have they been doing the job? So those are the two things: Are they really legitimately sharing because they want to share, and are they really doing the job? You got to yeah. have both. Sharing, sharing is good, but if you're sharing but you've never done the job, then I'm sorry, not going to trust you as much. No, if yeah, yeah. <laughs> job, <not> <laughs> share every three years, then I'm sorry, not going to trust yeah. you as much. So. Yeah, um, that's what I would look at. There's there's a lot out there. I've got a a, a web page. Um, it's a start me page. I can mm-hmm. I can shoot you guys over okay. where uh, there's a whole list of like resources and blogs and um, you know for people that are looking for um, work as recruiters. Okay. So it's okay. like a recruiting job resource page. Mm. So um, I can show you guys the link. That's it it's got a bunch of, you know, different resources blogs and places where you can go and and connect so that would be a good place to
1: start look for it in the comments jason we'll put we'll put it there for you (laughs) um yeah and i know this was something like that definitely uh you were the first person that came to my like when i really dove into this i don't know probably a year and a half i think two years ago when i first contacted you that was like kind of the thing is i remember telling roy about it i was like oh my god there's like there's this whole world of people who just like try and teach each other how to find people man and it's a it's a i know they just did the conference recently the free conference that you were uh, contributed for at the um what is it the the magazine recruiter gosh can't think of it Um, oh yeah hrtx yeah and i was telling roy i you know i was telling him all about it and i remember just looking at it and it it just got so nitty gritty. Like as far as like you type in the persons or you type in like the industry that you're working for, how many miles you want them to be from where this place is at now. And it was, it'll blow your mind at how specific you can get with some of these things.
0: Yeah, there's a lot out there. So HRTX is probably a good place to go. They've got, you know, these, these events every other, every couple of months or so. Yeah. Um, And they've got a pretty broad, uh, pretty broad audience. For uh, different industries, especially mm-hmm. th- th- they've got a lot of uh, audience in the in the cleared space. So people that work in government and military and um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, those types of roles that might be an interesting career transition for some of you folks. I mean, Lockheed and Boeing and and, Kaki and SAIC and a lot of those companies, you know, Booz Allen, they're going to hire right out of the military. So having that yeah. background and you know knowing knowing that industry so to speak, that the keywords probably a good advantage. Yeah, so I, to, I put it in the chat, by the way, the um, oh, I got it. Yep. I got yeah. it. Yeah. So if you want to send it, I don't, I can't send it to the comments, but you can.
1: Oh no. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Um, so yeah, so I mean, Roy, I mean, Roy, what what questions do you have? I know you're you're kind of the like I'm usually telling you about these things. Yeah, so, I know, right.
2: <laughs> so now, now, that,
1: now that you have the man, the myth, the legend.
2: <laughs> you no, know, I mean cuz like it's it's kind of choppy for me like when I met. But like I'm just like soaking it all in because um like just those different search engines and and like you said like a lot of times we hear about LinkedIn and I'm trying to just formulate especially like for like on the the military recruiter side of the house like how can we come up with a game plan to find certain people um i mean without searching for job titles and things especially like in this in this vast world that we live in now where everything is almost virtual so you can't find certain Career fields by typing in somebody's name and job title because yeah. a lot of them, a lot of them don't have that job title to search for. Right. Um, so just trying to, and I'm using it for the audience, like just to try to think as far as you possibly can outside the box to try to find people.
0: that Well, you really so can. that's a good question. Um, you know, my my advice on that is to look for essentially look for the footprint. Right. Like if you're think about if you're tracking someone. Right. Yeah. Put your put your recon hat on. And, you know, when you're tracking someone or or a vehicle or whatever, you're going to look for the, the prints that it leaves behind. You yeah. can't necessarily identify much more than that, because what's left is just this historical record of something passing by. So it's yeah. the broken twigs. It's the displaced dirt. It's the, you know, it's the bent grass blades. It's the shape of the shoe. It's, you know, so those kinds of things. So think about in terms of that, think about what footprint your candidate leaves behind. Okay. What do they talk about? What do they say? What are the words that they use that only they use, that only that particular part of the population uses that is endemic that other people won't understand, right? Like mm-hmm. um, if I start talking about MOCs, well, for you guys, what, what, what's the uh, Air Force equivalent MSAs? The occupational oh, oh, codes. Oh, oh, AFSC. AFS Yeah. So if I start talking about those, only somebody else that's in the air force is going to know what those are. Right. Oh, yeah. So what are that? What are those little things that the hints that people leave behind? Mm. And then the other side of that is what are they, what is the absence of stuff? So sometimes think about what is not there that should be there? Mm-hmm. When, for example, if I make reference to unclassified information, the yeah. only reason why I would make reference to unclassified anything is if I had access to the <laughs> opposite of that.
1: Yeah. Right? Mm.
0: Because nobody talks about unclassified information unless they also know classified information. <laughs> right? Mm. So the fact that I'm dropping hints like, um, you know, this information is unclassified, maybe that's because some of the other stuff that I work with is not unclassified. Yeah, Civilians don't talk like that, yeah. right? So what are the other um, footprints, right? Uh, in the Navy, I don't know if you guys know Navy all that much, but they've got all kinds of nicknames for their jobs. Oh, you know, yeah. Yeah. That, that work in nuclear submarines that have access to the reactor are called knuckle-draggers. Yeah. Not a pretty name, they don't like being called that, but you look that up in a forum and you see people being you know, mentioned by that or ta- referring to themselves to that, you know that that's what they did. They don't Mm. have to have a job title that says nuclear reactor electrical engineer. If they're called knuckle dragger, they went into the they were in the reactor room. Yeah, and that requires that kind of clearance. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So what is not there that is being intentionally left out? Yeah. What What are they not mentioning? So those are the two things I would look like. Sort of like what's the what's the trail that they leave behind unintentionally, and what's the trail that they leave behind by Intentionally mentioning something that is not supposed to be there.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it's such a deep dive. I know, like uh, recently, like I've, in in an effort to learn more about the sourcing for when I exit the military, like um, I've been working with somebody to to try and source certain jobs. And I know, like like service like a service now, admin slash developer. I have zero idea what that is, but I know that if I go into like LinkedIn or Google and I type in serviceNow and then looking for work it's gonna pull up everybody who has a serviceNow certification and everybody who's identified they're looking for work right. and sometimes absence.
0: you end up with with a lot of false positives with that right correct okay. yeah
1: they mm-hmm. might have
0: serviceNow as a admin or yeah. as a, you know some data entry clerk or something like that mm-hmm. but they're not an architect they're not an engineer they don't they correct. don't know how to fix it or tweak it. So you, you get everybody that says, I know service now. Yeah, uh, It's kind of like, you know, not that long ago, maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago, people would, would say, oh, I know, I know access, Microsoft. Oh, access. Yeah, that, 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 Nobody talks about that anymore. But access is such a common word that if you had the word access on your resume, oh. it would pop up and it's not the right kind of access, right? It's Microsoft <laughs> access. Yeah. So you get all those false positives with, with keywords and more and more technology these days is taking on that friendly name, right? Like, yeah. uh, like uh, the Android operating systems, lollipop and, <laughs> and vanilla cake and ice cream and <laughs> whatever. If you're searching on a resume database for ice cream, you're going to get all kinds of wacky results, right? So you got to learn how to find the synonyms or, or the alternative ways for those keywords oh. to be described and not limit yourself to just service now. But what are the types of, what are the functionalities? What are the operations? What are the, you know, what are they doing with service now? Are yeah. they programming it? Are they customizing it? Are they mm-hmm. um, configuring it? And then use those verbs. Yeah. The, the language that you search for is a language of action words. So okay. what is it that they do? Like, what does this person do? I, right. if I'm a recruiter, I find people, I submit people, I interview people. Those phrases, find candidates, find people, submit yeah. candidates interview candidates, those phrases are good keyword searches to use to find Mm. recruiters. So what do your people do? They configure service now or they create Mm. fields or they create tables or create triggers and stored procedures and so on. So you want to use the phrase more so than the keyword because the keyword can go both ways. It can bring you good quality results, but it can also Mm -hmm. distract you with all these false positives. Yeah, and you're also leaving behind people that don't use that keyword.
1: Mm. See, and that's like I think that's really what took me for it. because and that actually happened. Like one of the one of the um, women that I hit up, she's like, "Oh, I'm a ServiceNow admin, but I'm not a developer. Like I'm a I'm this person." And I was like, "Oh, okay, you know." And obviously, I'm a novice, so I'd be like, "Sorry, like my bad, <laughs> you know." But that's and that was the whole point of me doing it now, so that when the time comes where I actually have to like feed my family off of it, <laughs> right. I'm a little bit more
0: experienced. What's the developer do? They're writing code. So yeah, they write code or they wrote code or lines of code. That's that's what I want you to think about: is dig a little bit deeper into what's the language that they're actually using to talk about what they do, as opposed to the job title that you would expect them to have. Exactly. Hmm. A lot of people you know, fake their job titles anyway, not fake, but like they, no, they want no, to yeah, embellish, like I didn't
1: know, I didn't know that CEO is not a thing unless you're a corporation. Right. Like, like I didn't, yeah. Like if you have an LLC, like you're not a CEO of anything. Like you're, you, you're probably, you're a president. <laughs>
0: exactly. But a lot of people call themselves CEO because it looks good. Right.
1: <laughs> so, and yeah, I you're think not a public true. officer
0: because you're not a publicly traded company. So you're not a public officer. Yeah,
1: Mm. yeah, and I think that's what. Yeah, like uh, I know, like during the um, the HRTX seminar, that was some of the strings of how long some of these things can get was it was like mind exploding just because it's you know, like you said, it's very specific. Like they'll you know they'll put in you know coding slash this slash this slash and just like the system can really I. You know, really, you know, obviously it's a computer, so we know it can do that. But it's more so to us who aren't used to those types of things. We're like, it can really do all this?
0: <laughs> it can. But you know what? You're better off turning it down and focusing on the um, the real essence of what you're looking for. Because, yeah. it, 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 you know, once you, once you get pretty practiced at it, mm-hmm. what you're talking about does become second nature. And there's certainly a place for it. But it, when you start out trying to do something like that, it's going to trip you up more often than not. Yeah. So you're better off just kind of think about think about what's exactly there versus yeah. not what are all the possibilities of what's there, or exactly. even worse, what's not there. Because once you start getting into what's not there, you have a lot of not this, not that, not the other, then yeah. you're eliminating too many things, and you, you end up trapping yourself into a you know, into getting really bad results. So yeah, drill down on what is exactly that, what do I think is always gonna be there? Like, here's a tip in a resume the word resume very seldom appears.
1: That is true. It actually, it, uh, yeah. Open up
0: the average resume, it, nine uh, out of 10 resumes don't say this is a resume or yeah. resume, they might, they might have the name resume, like resume dot doc maybe, yeah. but the yeah. actual document in the words it that you doesn't say resume. Most yeah. of the time, very rarely. Hmm. It's real estate you don't wanna take up because you only get so much paper you don't yeah. want to put resume on there but the <laughs> what one thing that's always going to be on there uh, job title or experience not always sometimes it's objective sometimes it's history oh, employment history the Skill word present, the word present is in almost every resume
1: oh that's true yeah cuz from whenever your last job yeah. was to present
0: almost always i mean sometimes you see resumes without it yeah but more than often the exception is not to have that more than often it will say from such a date to present and so the word present appears in in resumes when you have the word present within two or three words of a year so you have a year like 2014 and the word Mm -hmm. present really close together Mm -hmm. very very frequently those things combined year dash present that's almost always a resume it's not usually anything but a resume
1: so you would search that on, so you could search that potentially on LinkedIn Google. or Google. Oh, Google. And, then it'll pull up, and it'll pull up resumes.
0: Look for the, the phrase, you know, 2014 yeah. to present, and then yeah. add some skill like service now, uh, and then some action word like develop or developing or write code yeah, yeah. or writing code or wrote code. And yeah. boom, you're on your way. That's exactly what you want. It's not all these other alternatives.
1: Yeah. Huh.
2: Mind oh. <laughs> Mind <My laughs> blown. <laughs> Mind blown,
1: <laughs> all right. Well, you can always um, expand,
0: right? There's nothing wrong with adding another thing, replacing exactly. 2014 with 2015. Um, sure, yeah. somebody out there is going to say, but Shally, it's not always too present, sometimes it's till date. Okay, start with present when you exhaust all that, take that out and put in till date or till exactly. current or till now or whatever. Five nice. or six iterations later, and you've covered all the bases. So, exactly. you know, you're better off drilling down on it's. I, I, I refer to it as sniping. You want to snipe and get that shot yeah. right where yeah. you want it, instead <laughs> of right right. you know, <laughs> trawling, casting a wide net there and grab grab all the fish that you can, and then you got to go, not this one, not this one, not this one, not this one. Throw it back, throw it back. Too little, too big. Yep. You know, too old, too I young. Think. But if you snipe, you get that one or two or whatever you got in your hand. And then you just, you know, you get on the phone, make the call, close the deal.
1: Gotcha. All right. Well, dang. Well, I think, I think that's a good point of, uh, of our, of, you know, the end of this show. Um, I that's, uh, that's exactly what we're looking for. I appreciate you, man. (laughs) All right, man. No, no, I mean, it's, um, I, you know, I, uh, I love recruiting, so does Roy, but I've taken a, a lot more of a dive into the civilian sector than your average recruiter just because I'm like, man, you know, there's so many skills and tools and things that um, the civilian sector does that either we could utilize, but also, you know, that's my plan when I get out. So that's why I really try and, um, you know, bring these things forefront to a lot of our guides. And I always talk to Roy about it and he's like, dang, for real, like, you can do that? And I'm like, yeah, man, I don't know how to do it, but you can do it. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, hey, look, if you guys are uh, almost ready to transition out and you're looking for work, check out the Sourcing Foundation yeah. um, or just reach out to me personally. I mean, I can introduce you to my clients and, you know, colleagues and things like that and help you get a job. I mean, you, your skills are very transferable. Yeah. Look, you guys have from where you sit, you have an advantage in, in a couple of really big areas. None of y'all are afraid of the phone. No. <laughs> no. former recruiters. Are scared of the phone. It's the heaviest object that they've ever picked up. Okay? <laughs> and so you guys have that advantage. And then you also have the the, the drive and the determination and the and the you know the consistent approach, right? Yeah. You know that you got to follow up. That's huge. Yeah. So you got the follow-up and you got no fear of the phone. Those two things put you at a significant advantage. All you gotta do is some of this stuff that I just told you, you gotta learn it. It's it's a yeah. couple of online courses. So you know, check it out and uh and, and shoot me a note all right well, be sure. happy to help you out
1: no i, I we appreciate it um yes. Roy, you got any any last minute uh words or questions uh no last uh questions
2: um a lot of times the um, we we try to like fight like oh like that that stuff doesn't work it doesn't mm-hmm. work it do, it doesn't work out for me, but the it has been tried and true, and it will continue to <laughs> be tried and true because yep. it works because it all goes back to psychology in a sense um yeah. it's just that follow-up and yep. every, everything goes back to the to the mind um like i don't know if anybody watched that um that new documentary on netflix about social media it it, it it's very interesting Yet, yeah, man cam if you haven't checked it out it's it's interesting it, it, it's very <laughs> interesting so Gotta put it on my watch list. Yeah, so I'll, I'll,
1: I'll definitely encourage anybody to watch it
2: and just make you think about the human mind. So
1: that's all I got. Um, oh, one last thing. We always ask all the guests, what does scared money don't make money mean to you? <laughs> oh, yeah, we can't leave without saying that. What does it
2: mean to you?
0: It means if you're afraid of success, you're not going to succeed.
1: <laughs> Boom. I like it and in a nutshell. I'm, like I'm mad at a few words.
0: <laughs>
2: I like that. That's a very good analogy. I like it.
1: Yeah, it's funny. Every guest we had, like they go on the long thing, boom. He's like, hey. <laughs> Pretty clear uh, to so. me. Yep. <laughs> hey, but you know, you like we said, psychology, everyone's like, oh, let me die. let me dive. Let me dive. <laughs> um, but no, we appreciate it, sir. Uh, oh, and yes. uh, you have any last minute comments or anything? No, I'm, I'm honored what?
0: to be on here. I really appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity to be here. And uh, hey, keep up the good work. As a recruiter, I know you don't get to see thank you very much. You don't, you know, people don't say thank you. So, so at least for me, thank you for what you do. For hey, real, we, honestly.
1: Yeah, we appreciate you, and uh, hey, that's a wrap, y'all. Appreciate y'all right. listening to our first live, and we'll see y'all later. That's it.